everyone, welcome to Schoolhouse, where we believe every parent has what it takes to help their child learn. We're here to give you practical tips and encouragement so you can be a confident learning coach. This is the space where school and house meet. I'm your co-host, Mary Stackhouse, and I'm joined by our host, Dr. Erica Carr. And today is a steamy day in the studio. This episode is all about the power of steam-based learning. Erica, what is STEAM? (laughs) (laughs) So STEAM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Mathematics. Okay, so I've heard of STEM, but I haven't really heard STEAM used. Yeah, and I think that's pretty common, which is why part of the reason why we're doing this episode. Um, So the STEM movement has evolved over the years to include arts integration, which only enhances the original framework and intention of STEAM. Mm. So STEAM-based education is all about intentionally encouraging 21st century skills by introducing children to learning activities and concepts that really reflect the critical and creative thinking needs that our modern day workforce requires. This is so interesting. I cannot wait to hear more about STEAM-based learning and to hear from our very special guest, Erica. Why don't you tell us more about our guest? So our guest and colleague is Basil Kaloba. In addition to his work on our student education team and parent as learning coach team, Basil is the co-founder and executive director of Inertia, a nonprofit with a mission to ignite a love of learning in every child by introducing them to the wonders of STEAM-based learning. Basil is a change agent in education, and we are proud to have him with us. Basil, welcome to the schoolhouse. Thank you, Erica. Thankful to be here. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about Inertia first. So tell us why you started that organization. Yeah, so I actually started that in college with two of my really good friends, uh, Marcus Jackson and Carson Wilbur. We were really looking for like something to give back to the community in some way. And all of us were in engineering school, um, computer science for myself and Carson and mechanical engineering for Marcus. And we were like, we just really think this is fun. Like we like tinkering around with computers when we were kids, we like tinkering around with like race cars and stuff with Marcus. And we wanted to give that opportunity to other kids as well. Yeah. Because while math is difficult, it can also be a lot of fun. Science can be so much fun for kids. And we wanted to give kids the opportunity to do something like that, like we did. Yeah. And did you find that when you say like science is fun, math is fun, um, how did you notice that there was a gap in that? belief and understanding even with kids? Absolutely. I feel like a lot of kids kind of, you know, especially in that third through fifth grade range, Mm -hmm. they start saying, this is hard. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And they just kind of give up, but they don't see like the fun and the exciting parts of that class. So by having hands-on opportunities for them to learn, they decide like, this is something fun. You know, even though I struggle at it a little bit, I enjoy it. So I'll keep on doing it. And when you keep doing it, you get better. I love that. So what do you think parents should know about STEAM and STEM? I think that you should look at it a lot like you look at sports. And I played sports growing up. I also was involved in music. And those aren't easy either. Yeah. You know, being on the basketball team, it takes a lot of hours of practice. It comes with a little bit of pain too, but it's also fun. And that's why yeah. kids like going outside. They like playing their sports. They enjoy playing music. I think STEM should be looked at the same way and STEAM. Um, it can be difficult, but if you have fun in it, you'll keep on doing it. You'll keep on doing it. You'll get better at it just like you would at football, basketball, or the piano. Yeah. And so if we're okay, so we obviously want to give parents ideas to support the learning. And I love just the mission of inertia, the whole idea of unlocking the child's curiosity, right, around this, these concepts that, like you said, can start to feel harder as they go through school. So as far as a parent, 
Um, when you say looking at it like a sport or some of those other things that we sometimes hear people and children say, like, this is hard. Um, what do you, what do you think would be a good response even in those moments that they might hear something like that from a child? Like this is hard. Hmm. Science is hard or math is hard. What can they say? Or do, I guess they can do something, right? Yeah. That's a great question. I think with steam, I think like if, if your child really loves sports, I've found that if you're involved in like football, that also helps you in the classroom as well. Mm-hmm. I know for me growing up, I did struggle with my math classes, but I knew that if I wanted to play, you know, go to soccer practice or go to basketball practice, I needed to get X grade, right? I yeah. had to get at least like a B in my parents' house. Yeah. And that helped me perform because I knew I love playing soccer. I love playing basketball, but I need to get my grades in order mm-hmm. to be able to play. Um, but in order to do that, I had to figure out what worked for me and what was enjoyable. Yeah. So it's really tapping into what that student really feels and what that student thinks is working for them. And for me, it was that hands-on um, experience that was more exciting for me. Some students, they really like reading. Yeah. So some students, it's better to give them like a storybook. Some students are more of a visual learner. So they like to watch like, you know, Bill and I the Science Guy or some mm-hmm. magic school bus type things. But they're also learning about science and STEM that way as well. So the idea of like, how do you nurture the, the interest in STEM and STEAM? It's a little bit, it sounds like meeting them where they are. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're all about is meeting students where they're at. Okay. As little as, you know, all of our events are in, on site at the school because mm-hmm. that's where the students are. Yeah. Um, we all do the same projects, but whenever you're in second, third grade, your projects are a little bit simpler. Um, but the fifth graders, we let them do a little bit extra things. We let them put their own little variables and their own little spin on things because nice. they're a little bit older. Um, so it's really about meeting students where they're at, creating that love for the subject first, and then they'll progress as they, you know, they continue to do it. I love that. Okay, so what have you seen in terms of what happens when children are actually given the STEAM opportunities and experiences? We see a lot of eyes lighting up. Wow. Yeah, you can. It's always great to see that connection whenever a student first falls in love with something. Yeah. And um, we had one of our students when we initially started at Oak Crest Elementary School, who was what they consider sort of a bubble student, mm-hmm. who with a little bit of extra work, they thought that this student could really get into being a strong like B or even an A student in their math classes. Yeah. And the teacher told us straight up like they don't, they just really don't enjoy the process of you know doing math problems. And one day, you know, after a couple of our sessions, student came up to us and said, science class is boring, but this is fun. <laughs> but we're literally doing the same exact thing. And like we talked to the teachers. Wow. So we know they were learning about chemistry today. Yeah. Uh, we taught a chemistry lesson, but they thought this was fun. You know, this teacher, that he or her has to do a specific thing in the classroom. Yeah. Uh, but we were able to tap into that student just by going about it a little bit of a different way that worked for that student on that day. And a, a parent can do the exact same thing. Exactly. That is so cool. Okay, so let's talk logistics for parents, right, who now um, are hearing this and, and hearing about the importance of um, STEAM and STEM and what it really can do in terms of unlocking um, a child's brain and their just interest in math and science, some of those harder subjects. So um, what, okay, so we've already, you've you've given a really great tip, which is, finding out what is happening in the classroom and then building off of that. So I think that's probably number one, right? What else can a parent do? So let's say they realize, and just like you, like we knew they were learning about chemistry. So what can a parent do with that information and how do they sort of take that to the next level and actually create a STEM 
and STEAM opportunity for their child? Yeah, so we found that a lot of the like the projects that we do uh-huh. can be done with household uh, material. Yes. So kids tend to get into things. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's they just do. what they do, right? <laughs> um, but if you give them the opportunity to like tinker with little things in the house in a safe way, of course, with supervision yeah. with things that can be a little bit more dangerous, um, you'll find that they just start going around just trying different things. And that's what science is all about. Yeah. A lot of the times, the projects don't work. Um, but they're exploring and they're testing different things. That's really what science and math is at its core, is testing little different things, seeing what results that you get. So we'll, you know, take aluminum foil and a battery and you find them like a little, a little light. Maybe you can get one out of a flashlight. Maybe you can try with a, uh, like a light bulb. It may not work with a light bulb, but once you put those two things together, the aluminum foil and the battery, they'll see like, Hey, this is actually how a flashlight works. Um, when it's not all packaged up and bought from the store. You can get a little bit of baking soda, a little bit of vinegar. They'll see that reaction yes. and they'll see, okay, this is what it does. And sometimes we'll even let our students sort of try things on their own. We've, I've had one student, um, I believe his name was Riley. He went outside and he got some leaves. He got some dirt. He got some baking soda and he put them all together and it did absolutely nothing. Yeah. But he tried it and he thought it was fun. And he was like, well, well, this didn't do anything. So maybe if I add a little bit of baking soda to it, maybe uh-huh. it will do something. So now he sees the differences. He understands, like, this is what it takes to create a reaction. He's an acid and a base. And if you just have leaves, dirt, and rocks, it's not going to do much. But now he knows. Okay, I love that example, and especially the way that you just described, like, the child learned about acids and ba- acids and bases and, you know, that whole thing, which is, that's a hard concept, you know? And I think even some parents, it's like, wait, what? Like, I forgot all about that. Like, you know, um, but... The one other thing that you made me think of is um, with all of that. So that opportunity in and of itself for that child who clearly took it upon himself to to discover um, and play around with those reactions is the idea that you can even further that with something as small as getting a book about acids and bases, you know, that's obviously on level, um, but it would be a way to investigate further. So I feel like um, what we're, what you're kind of describing is it's, and you've said this since the very beginning of the discussion, you know, it's about meeting the child where they are, but paying attention as a parent too to what's happening when they're in, you know, investigating certain things and, um, playing around with reactions and you just kind of ask questions too that give you an idea of how do you take this to the next level and continue to make them curious and want to know more. Right. And I think the key word you said there is curious. Yeah. And it's just really feeding that curiosity in students. I think as we've kind of gone through like a few years of this program, that's one of the things we've really nailed on is it's really all about feeding their curiosity and feeding it with science. Because what like there's nothing, there's few things on the planet that are more expansive as science. Right. You know, you can learn about the smallest worm or you can learn about the cosmos and everything in between. So the amount of curiosity that can be fed with that amount of information is incredible. Yeah. And it can be exactly like you said, really fun. I mean, some right. of this can even, you, we talk a lot on the podcast about like turning things into games to make it fun. And I can just see how, um, some of the examples that you just described, like could easily become a cool, fun, like challenge or game or, you know, whatever right. to just keep that on um, the next level as well. What do you see as the connection 
between the emphasis on reading and math in schools, which is, I mean, rightfully so, right? Reading and math are the foundation for pretty much everything else you're going to do in life. Um, But what do you think is the connection there that parents can pay attention to between that and STEAM? Well, we're a STEM organization right now. I think the A is critically important. Mm -hmm. It was important to my own development. Um, the development of my siblings who are all in the medical field now. Mm-hmm. And I think even when you look back in history, one side of like great scientists and researchers that we tend to ignore is how much time that they actually dedicated to their arts. Yeah. So whether it was painting, whether it was music, I mean, I remember reading um, a while back, like whenever Einstein was working on his theory of relativity, he spent a great degree of time playing his violin. Wow. Anytime he couldn't get uh, past the math problem, he would just leave it, go play his violin, come back. Yeah. And you can't do that if you don't, well, you know, you don't learn those instruments. Yeah. And you learn how to express yourself in a different way, and it taps into a different side of your brain mm-hmm. that reading and math won't necessarily get to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important just like the overall holistic development of a student, but also just knowing how to express yourself, having a place to sort of relieve your mind from a lot of the analytical things that happen um, whenever you are in a a reading or like a math environment. Yeah, I like that. And Leonardo, when you were talking, that made me think of Leonardo because that's a perfect example. Man, he's a STEAM guy, right? Like, (laughs) golly. Okay. Um, So our listeners are busy parents. Um, You've described some really cool things that you've seen other children do, but what are some cool and easy things that parents can actually do to support STEAM at home? Yeah, I think, of course, those little projects that you mm-hmm. can see at home, um, whether it's baking soda and vinegar, things that people normally have in the house. Yeah. We also do um, an experiment teaching kids about air resistance using parachutes made out of coffee filters and rubber bands. And then they tie a rock with a rubber band or like a pencil to it. That's a great way to cool. just like, you know, kids, they have that curiosity. You teach them a couple of the concepts, just the keywords. You know, yeah. like, this is what air is, this is what resistance is. What reason why it's coming down is because of gravity. You can keep it very high level. Yeah. Um, but just like looking around your house, um, we're also in the process of digitizing all the things that we do. Nice. So you can go to our website, inertiapensacola.org, in the next few weeks or months, and you'll be able to access the things that we are actually um, using to teach students right now. That is fantastic. Okay, parents, did you hear that? You will actually be able to access materials and resources from Inertia. That is fantastic. I'm, yeah. It's I'm, a great thing that's kind of come out of the COVID environment for yeah. us is that we weren't able to go into schools, of course, because the schools were shut down as they reopened. You know, vendors weren't allowed to go in. But us being able to do this now has allowed us to reach parents everywhere, students everywhere, to be able to get these in their hands. And that's inertiapensacola.org. Correct. Inertiapensacola.org. Okay. So what are your personal favorite STEAM activities? Yeah. One of my favorite ones is Ublek which is sort of like a slime type of thing. Um, It's actually what's considered a non-Newtonian fluid. And that's just a really fancy phrase of saying, like, sometimes it behaves like a solid, sometimes it behaves like a liquid, which is basically what slime does too, right? Okay, that is amazing. Can we give the recipe? Is this something we can give parents, a recipe for Ublek? Yeah, this one's really simple, actually. So you really only need, like, three or four things. Okay. Um, Cornstarch. It is a big one. Um, and then liquid water is usually a good one. Uh-huh. And then, of course, we always like to add a little bit of fun to it. So you can get like some food coloring, some dye. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carson loves to add a little bit of glitter to it sometimes. Oh, that's He's amazing. the one that makes all of our programs. So like, these are his uh, yes. uh, his creations as he puts together. But sometimes the kids are good, especially put a little bit of glitter and it makes it a little bit more fun too. Yes. And you can get edible glitter now too. Really? Oh, yes. 
<laughs> I am a glitter fan. Um, you can get edible glitter and uh, the food coloring you can get. If you have little, little ones and you're making this for little ones, you can get the non-artificial um, version of the food oh. coloring too. So, well, you know. because of course my child likes to put everything in her mouth. Right. <laughs> so I had to be very cautious of that. Um, okay. What else? Any other activities that you really love just as personal yeah, those I like all the like the messy ones, the chemistry ones. So oobleck, of course, is one, and then okay. the baking soda and vinegar. Yeah. Um, and then diet coke and mentos is always great. The oh, bigger yeah. you can make it, the better. Okay, so Basil, I've got a question. I loved what you were talking about um, with the holistic development um, for children. You mentioned that Einstein would walk away, and when he was stuck doing a math problem, to play his violin, um, and then he would come back to it and. You mentioned how that can like tap into another side of the brain. Um, do you have something that you do in those moments to kind of express yourself or unplug? And what are some other ideas besides violin that that might look like? Yeah, so I, I grew up with a musician, so I'll a lot of times step away and play my piano for a little bit. Like I'll pull out a song that maybe is pretty easy for me to play and I'll do that. Um, for non-musicians, I think just like taking a walk is a great way to do it. Here in Pensacola, Maritime Place, where of course we don't have a piano here in the office, but I often just get up, go take a walk. Erica knows we'll go Same. out on a walk every Same. once in a while. It's beautiful. You get to be in nature for a little bit. And it just kind of clears your head and allows you to approach that problem from a different way. Yeah, yeah. that's and, uh, such a good idea. And I think music, you know, of course, as I grew, you learn more and more about music. There's a lot of science incorporated in music as well. That's from true. as little as like, the way notes flow together, the way certain chords work with each other, and that all has to do with sound waves and how they meet with each other in the air. And math, too, right? With math, exactly. Yeah. So any other final tips that you feel like we should give parents who realize the importance but may not know what to do to nudge their child along in terms of the STEAM path? I, I'm really starting to believe that a lot of like learning just has to do with like keeping your curiosity that you have as a mm. child. So I've sort of watched my nieces grow in the past year or so, and they just want to know everything about everything, right? Like, they, they want to go outside. They want to touch that blade of grass. They sometimes want to get into things that they shouldn't get into. Like, you don't need to know what that pair of scissors is right now. Um, but figuring out what they're interested in, what can you do to turn that interest into learning a little bit more about STEM um, or STEAM, whatever it is yeah. that you're, you're learning? Because it's everywhere. Um, it's on the football field, it's in the music hall, it's of course in class. So figuring out what they are interested in and how can you make STEAM a reality in that. Yeah. And I would say too, just based on what you said, you just made me think and ask questions, right? Right. Because that's going to help them make connections when they're doing certain activities or have certain interests and you're observing or like you said, you know, sometimes you're supervising because things can be a little <laughs> like dangerous um, or not dangerous, but you just need to be cautious. cautious right. But um, making sure that you're probing in ways that make them take it a step further. So I love it. I think this is so exciting. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear all of the great tips and um, just information you were able to share today about STEAM because we know it's important in the classroom. Um, we know it's important outside of the classroom. And man, right now, as parents are really trying to do more for their children, how great for us to just emphasize this as a way to do that. So thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. What a great discussion. I love that about curiosity being key and cultivating that. 
All right, parents, well, don't forget to join the Schoolhouse Conversation on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Schoolhouse Podcast. And parents, if you want to know more about coaching your child's learning, you can also find us at Parent as Learning Coach on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next time at the Schoolhouse.